Um, the fan is blowing my page over, so just a minute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there we go. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress, and I will never be shaken. Second reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 27. Listen to what the Spirit has to say to us today. Then Moses and the elders of Israel char charged all the people as follows. Keep the entire commandment that I am commanding you today on the day that you cross over the Jordan into the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you shall set up a large, large stones and cover them with plaster you shall write on them all the words of this law when you have crossed over to enter the land that the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey. As the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you, so when you have crossed over the Jordan, you shall set up these stones and about, about which I am commanding you today on Mount Ebal, and you shall cover them with plaster, and you shall build an altar there to the Lord your God, an altar of stones on which you have not used an iron tool. You must build the altar of the Lord your God of unhewn stones, then offer up burnt offerings on, on it to the Lord your God. Make sacrifices of well-being and eat them there, rejoicing before the Lord your God. You shall write on the stones all the words of this law very clearly. Then Moses and the Levitical priests spoke to all Israel, saying, Keep silence and hear, O Israel. This very day you have become the people of the Lord your God. Therefore, obey the Lord your God, observing God's commandments and God's statutes that I'm commanding you today. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. And this prayer. We come before you, O God, praying for ourselves as we listen to these words, ancient words from a very different time than ours, yet the same experiences, the same struggles of faith face us today. So we pray that the same inspiration that came upon Moses and the people be upon each one of us as we proclaim these words, as we listen to their wisdom, as we try to live by their inspiration. For we pray this in the way of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thinking of silence and preaching on silence, there's a contradiction right there for you. You know, to come, I, I remember one time attending a worship service. This was part of the Presbyterian Center in Louisville. Uh, we had chapel services right before work every morning. And so different people took uh, turns. Who would, who would do the worship service? And we had signed up for it. So one time, this young man that I worked with, he was all excited about the worship service that he had prepared. 
And I thought, oh, my, must be you know, really inspired of what he was going to say, what he was going to do. So what he did is that we all arrived as usual, and we're expecting that typical Presbyterian worship service where we would have some music and some prayers and then some words and then some preaching. So there was music, but then the next thing I knew was that he, Kevin said, okay, now we're going to do something a little different for you today. We're going to sit for 20 minutes in silence. <gasps> the whole service basically was silence. And I thought this was really one of the first times I really experienced that length of silence in worship. And I tell you, there were so many judgmental thoughts that came to my mind as I was like, okay, Kevin was really trying to do this easy. Fine, I will get to him. I'm going to show, you know what? All of us have to sweat it and think of what we're going to say, but Kevin really came up with this idea. Yet, as I started settling into the silence with the presence of other people there, something happened to me. I experienced God's presence in a very different way. I mean, just like we experienced the love of God through your music, uh, Paul, today, uh, or through the beautiful prelude, there was power that I couldn't really name in that silence. And I learned something very special from Kevin. And I will never forget that there is power in silence because it was shutting down all the narratives, all the commentaries, whether it is good or bad, just to be in the presence of God and to really practice what people have known throughout the centuries as a valuable way to pray. So today I bring this up because I know it is difficult and I know it is hard to, for us as people to just be, to even those of us who are experienced in silence, who have trained ourselves, who have spent time in prayer in silence, still face challenges and difficulties being quiet in our deep center. And so, uh, as some of you have picked up these strands of pearls, the invitation is not to worship the pearls. It's not a way to say, you know, oh, I can only pray when I have my pearls. It's just a tool to help you find a way to center yourself. And so the silence pearls, to think about that when you need silence, think about it in your daily life. There are so many moments that come at us where there is fear or challenge or worry, or sometimes we just need to be, to enjoy what's around us instead of the rush of life that we're always in or the rush of thoughts. So the invitation this week is to take these and to really pause, be intentional, maybe pause six times a day grab one of these and really just a few moments. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes in silence, although that's, that's commendable, that's powerful. But if you're starting out, it is recommended that you take four or five minutes of silence. It, it doesn't have to be, actually, they say if you take one minute of silence, it's just as powerful. Because again, you're doing something where you're stopping that cycle of thought and where it's always running. You're, you're, if you pay attention for a few minutes to your thoughts, or even for a day, you'll see how repetitive they are. 
Your thoughts are very predictable because we like patterns. Our human minds are built for patterns. And it's important to break the patterns because that's where God comes in. That's where the Spirit is allowed when we're not sure how things are going to turn out. And so I invite you today to look at this. And then on, your, on the cover of your bulletin, there is a hand there. And that's an illustration of a, a saying, a quote from Mother Teresa, where she talks about the five silences. That She says it's not just about closing our mouth. It's not just about stopping our words. But there is a silence of the mouth, there's a silence of the heart, there's a silence of the eyes, the ears, the mind. So five silences. So that's when we're really in that depth of place. She says, memorize those, put them on your fingers. So again, another tool to help you remember. You know, you could be sitting in quiet, but your heart is racing. You're really upset or you're eyes, you want to just look outside and take everything in, or you're listening to something, or your mind is very active. So completing that cycle of, of silence, of really letting go, takes some practice, some intentional ways to really go deep within. And today's story in the Bible is about this ritual of silence and preparing the people of God, to listen to the words. Now, the context is, uh, in Deuteronomy, are speeches by Moses. Mostly, it's about speeches where Moses is about to leave the people of God. He's uh, at the end of his life. So he's saying goodbye, and he wants to make sure that they really know what to do after he leaves, because he's uh, succeeded in the experiment of getting them out of Egypt. For 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt, and God called Moses to help the people out of slavery. And they wandered in the desert for 40 years, for a long, long time, and they learned about the commandments, the ways of God. But here he was, saying goodbye. Now, in your experience, when you've said goodbye to uh, a loved one, whether it's death or travel or whatever it is, what, what do people normally do? What do people say in those times? They cry. What is it? They cry. They cry, yes. But if there are words, what do they usually want you to know? They loved you. They loved you and? I'm having a hard time hearing. Have a good trip, okay? Have a good life. How about that? <laughs> what is it? They won't forget you. So they tell you all the important pieces for them, whether it's love or have a great trip, have a safe trip. I'm thinking of you. I love you. I'll always be with you in a way. Um, very important pieces for us as people. And that's what Moses was doing. He was parting ways with the people that he has helped for so long. And then he's telling them, be careful. You guys are entering into this new land. You're going to go um, to this new land. And these people are going to be different. They're on the east side of the river, of the Jordan River. They're going to cross to the west side. 
and things could be different there for them. And they might even feel like they have accomplished something on their own and forget about God and God's salvation for them. So he established a lot of rituals. He gave them teachings to help guide them. And then he tells them to establish these big monuments and write all the words on them. And that, you know, think about it. It's not easy in those days. It wasn't easy to do that work. Uh, think of the inscription and all the time it took uh, for them to, to come up with these. Now, why would he say, you know, establish an altar and do all of these things? Again, to remind them that God is with them and those teachings are to be kept alive, not to forget them, to take the time to teach them to the next generation and the generation following until we get to our generation and we come and say these words and read them again to remind ourselves of what God expects and what God dreams with us. And I was thinking when you, because uh, I told Kay, I said, I have this book, I really like this book, but I don't think it has anything to do with the sermon for the Sunday. So I'm going to have you do it. But as I thought about it, as I listened to you reading it and thinking about God's dream for the world, God's vision, and Moses having this vision for his people that they would live differently than the others, not because they were better, but because they lived by the power of God, relied on God's grace in their lives to show as an example to others what life could look like with the people. So today, when we come and think of silence, we think of that instruction. After all the is said and done with all the crossing and all the rituals and what they were going to do, Moses and the elders say to the people, keep silent and listen. Listen. Very important. And actually, one of the big teachings in the Hebrew scriptures, when you say, when Jesus was asked, what's, what's the most important commandment? Hear, O Israel. So hearing is an important act of faith, listening, opening one's heart and mind and soul and body to the presence of the Spirit is a very powerful act, yet a very challenging act because it takes a lot of practice and trust. So silence. Today, as we speak about it, I am fully aware of how difficult silence is and how challenging because I know it is challenging for me. And it feels, for, what are we, I asked the people in the first service, what are some of the challenges for you when you come to silence? Why do you not practice it? When, when you hear about it and all of that, what's, what's, what's a blockage for you? And I'll tell you some of their answers, but I'd like to hear from you, your answers. What's difficult about silence? Mind? Mind yeah, the mind is racing. Thank you. Wow. So your mind is racing. So dif difficult to accomplish silence. What other hindrances come up for you? Things I have to do. Wendy, yeah, there we go. It's, it's the list, the list you have in your mind that says, I, gotta, I have things to do and, I, and the world would fall apart if I don't do these things today, wouldn't it? That's what we all think. It's, it's a total illusion. I, I totally 
believe that every day. I'm like, wow, this list haunts me. If I sit to relax, I don't know, you know, or if I sit to just enjoy being, and it takes a lot of retraining to say, it's okay, the world doesn't fall apart, and it's not that important. At the end of the day, in light of eternity, yes, you do your work, but balance, because your soul is not being nourished when you are always running from one thing to the next. What other hindrances for you? Feeling guilty because we're not being productive. Wow, there's a cultural thing. You know, just because we have t been taught from an early age, what are you sitting here wasting time like that for? When children are playing and you tell them, you know, you need to pick up the stuff in your room or you need to do this. Well, have you thought about all the things that you have on your list? It's very difficult. Other challenges? Yes. You have a story? Okay, well, then it, that requires a microphone. Otherwise, I can't repeat it. I won't remember. Dave was an elementary teacher, and quite often I would see him sitting in his chair with a couple of books around him, and I'd see him just sitting there, not reading, not doing anything. And I'll say, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing something? He said, I am. I am planning for tomorrow at school. Aha. Uh -huh. so. so sometimes he just needed that quiet and, yes. and looked like he wasn't doing anything. So, yeah. And so, oh, that's a very, I mean, it could be a double-edged sword because you're sitting there, you look like you're quiet, but you're not. And you're, you're going through a hundred things in your head. I want to invite you today to consider your call to silence, to seeing how you can find stillness in your heart, to finding that place where you're really in tune with the world, with yourself, with God. Now think of those moments when in your life, when you have been in that place where things are aligned and you know when you've had those moments. Hopefully you know, hopefully you've had those days when you're well rested, when you have been in touch with what's really important in your being. When life is not necessarily great because your circumstances are good, but you and your inner being are good. You sense that presence. And that's what silence is about, to be in that place. No matter what the world does, you are in that place. I think of those boys in, in Thailand and, and that experience. Think about that experience where they have been brought to that edge between life and death. And they're sitting there. Everything stopped. Everything else stopped for them. Your inner being has to be strong. And I, I imagine after this experience, their lives would never be the same. They would not take life for granted after this. I can assure you after that, they will be so in tune and hopefully not forget those times that they spent because they help us kind of get to that deep place of being. I want to end with a story. And again, invite you before the story just to take these pearls of silence, uh, remind yourself each day, even if you pause for 30 seconds, to just take a deep breath, to be present to yourself, to God, to the world, to life. 
and to be still and to know the power of that stillness. The story is about uh, an ice house. For those of you who have no background in what an ice house was, this was in the old days, before electricity, before people could have a refrigerator and a freezer. How many of you have freezers, by the way, in your house? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have not only the refrigerator, but an extra thing just to keep things really cold and, and to store things. But in the old days, when they didn't have access to that, they had to have a, an ice house where they brought big chunks of ice and kept them. And they covered them with sawdust in order to not melt. So this story is about a man who had a very expensive watch uh, that he lost in this ice house. And he kept searching in the sawdust and couldn't find it. And asked a couple of friends to come and help him, still couldn't find it. It was like looking for a needle in a haystack. But then uh, a little boy came in one day and said, I'll find it for you. Goes in, two or three minutes later, comes out with a watch. And the guy says, how did you do this? I have searched high and low and I couldn't find it. He said, it was pretty simple. I closed the door, I laid on the floor, listened in silence, and I heard the ticking. So pay attention, pay attention. That's how God speaks to us, in silence, in those precious moments when we let go of our agendas, when we listen. Amen.
And for the blessing, words from John Philip Newell. In the busyness of this week, may God grant you a stillness of seeing. In the conflicting voices of your heart, may God grant you a calmness of hearing. May your seeing and hearing, your words and your actions be rooted in a silent certainty of God's presence. May your passions for life and the longings for justice that stir within you be grounded in the experience of God's stillness. May your life be rooted in the ground of Christ's peace. Amen. And now turn to your neighbors and share the peace of Christ with each other.